everyone, I'm Sarita Sheparel and I am not your mother's realtor and this is my podcast where we talk about more than just real estate and as usual I'm joined by my good friend, colleague and client Megan Osberger. Hi everyone, today we are talking about as is properties. Mm-hmm. And full disclosure, we've actually tried to record this episode before um, and I think that our, our issues I guess that we have and come up with on this topic is that there's just so many gray areas here that we're going to talk specifically about the Chicago market and what you see sometimes in Illinois, which can also differ in different parts of the state. So, yeah. you know, coming from Chicago to the burbs, it's just things to keep in mind that like best practices that we're talking about here, it's not one size fits all. Talk so, to your lawyer. Talk to your lawyer, talk to your realtor about these things. Um, but we are wanting to debunk some of these myths so that people have a better understanding of what they're getting into and what as is means. And uh, yeah, we're really excited. I'm really excited because I think this is going to be a good one. Me too. I'm excited. I was afraid of Essence Properties and then accidentally bought one. So (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot to have have to say about it. (laughs) It's kind of interesting because we tried to record this before and I'm like really laughing candidly because that's quite true. what the definition that we've created for yeah. as-is means. Okay, so this is what we're working off of. Um, with an as-is property, you are buying the property in the condition in which you're seeing it. So a seller who lists their home as-is, that means they don't want to, can't afford to, or are unwilling to do any repairs before closing. It also means that there's no guarantee from the seller on the condition of the property, the zoning, and the suitability of the property for the buyer's intended use or purpose. Now, there's probably more meaning in all of this as well um, in terms of like what it means overall as is. And we've actually printed out the Chicago Association of Realtors as is addendum. And we'll put this on um, our platform for the, um, the uh, podcast and also in other places that you can find this and use this as a resource. So we've pulled from our own little kind of makeshift definition here some of the language that's used in the addendum. Yes. Um, but this will kind of go through, we'll go through the top, the debunked, uh, uh, misconceptions that you have for this topic. And then we'll kind of equate them to a little bit of the writer and what you see in, you know, the actuality on the properties. Right. So should we get started with some of the misconceptions? Yeah. Okay. So when I was looking for properties, I would read the notes quickly. And if it said as is, I was afraid yeah I was not going to go see that property so to me it meant like and you know is this because I watch HGTV probably um (laughs) I I was afraid that if I would go there it would mean there's a giant crack in the foundation or you know the porch is falling off or something like giant and expensive that would be hard to overcome and I think a lot of clients that reach out to me on maybe listings that they're interested in seeing this is just on the buyer side They'll see as is, and they'll say, "Hey, Sarita, do you think that this is worth it?" It says as is, right? And or they'll say, "Hey, this is as is. Do you think that we could fix the foundation issues?" And I'm like, "How do you? You don't make a leap into foundation issues on this because it just just could mean that the seller is giving you a rock bottom price for what they think the property is worth." or that they're willing to sell it for in the condition that it's in. Right. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that there are not foundation <laughs> issues either. So, right. you know, that's a, <clears throat> the caveat to all of this is that, you know, it could be a little bit of both. It could it could have some substantial issues to it. 
Um, but you still have, um, you know, the opportunity to do your inspection, which we'll talk about here in a second. Yeah. But I, I do think that that is literally the most common misconception that clients have is that as is means foundation issues means, you know, that you're talking about basically a dilapidated or a tear down property. Right. I really, anytime <clears throat> I was looking at something that seemed too good to be true and then says, said as is, we did not go to see it. Right. I like literally <clears throat> didn't start thinking about this until we decided to do this podcast episode yeah so um i'm learning a lot but (laughs) (laughs) learning isn't talking (laughs) i'm supposed to be all of you but you're probably smarter than me (laughs) no not at all you are smart i can't i can't have my employee talking about herself that way that's true um sorry i had to jump in no that's fair uh so I think that that's kind of like the, the first, you know, issue that we want to highlight. But yeah. the second one... Is that I didn't realize that as is meant that you could still get an inspection. And that's amazing to me. Uh, so you're not waiving your right to inspect the property unless you do, which you shouldn't because that's fucking stupid. You should always do an inspection on your property even if you're trying to agree to an as is terms. Sorry, it got real dark there because <laughs> I want to be real clear that that's not what you're... You're not waiving that contingency or that opportunity um, you still can have an opportunity to do your inspection it's just if this inspector finds you know maybe a lot of nickel and diming stuff so when I say nickel and diming I mean like maybe the I don't know floors have a couple of blemishes or you know maybe there's a couple of areas that need repair that you can cosmetically see when you're doing your showing so Oftentimes, when we're assessing value, so like let's talk about your property that you bought. When we walked in, we had an assumption of value being completely different than what the listing price was. Right. Based on all of the things that we could cosmetically see as we're walking through the property. So instead of being like, okay, well, you know, we're going to try to get it under contract and then, you know, maybe get a credit or, you know, try to to get them once they're under contract because then they'll be more motivated. Most of the time I tell buyers, don't do that because that's like kind of playing with like, uh, you know, a, a harsh game of Russian roulette in a lot right. of ways because you just don't know which way it's going to go. You've wasted a couple hundred dollars up to, you know, depending on the size of the property, maybe close to a thousand on, you know, your inspection. And then you don't really know what the terms of your deal are and you're waiting for an inspection to come back to renegotiate. That's just not a good idea. So um, go into it thinking like, uh, this is, you know, all the things that I see here, this is the cost of which I'm willing to pay for this property. Assuming you don't give me any credits, assuming you, as in the seller, don't fix anything on the property that, that I'm taking this for what it's worth as I see it. Right. And so I, in the year of our Lord, 2021, got my home <laughs> for under asking. You guys... I think oh, we and all not know. Just under asking, a like, lot, a lot, a yeah. lot under asking, and I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> because you know what? I'm also doing a whole lot of work on that place. Yeah. And so we really did take that into account, but we also didn't think we were going to get our our house. We couldn't believe it yeah, when they it came back. Yeah, it was kind of a, um, you know, it it was a tricky market. So, uh, you know, I think a couple of things happened that in the, in the year of our Lord. <laughs> yeah. But, it, you know, one of the questions is a lot of people have been waiving their inspections this year, haven't they? Or at least yeah, that's or, showing up in the videos that people are making yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah, the people will, um, like, just waive their inspection. So maybe they do the inspection, but then they basically are waiving, like, you know, any, the, negotiating. the negotiating, which is basically saying as is. So, like, like you can do that or at least say you're going to do that. I just, I feel like that's dumb. 
you know, especially in the market that we're at right now where a lot of people are paying higher price for properties because interest rates are really appealing and sexy right now. So mm. people can afford a little bit more. Right. But the other end of that is, is that if you're buying at a peak of the market and then you've you waive your inspection and then there are other issues and you're already in maybe a little bit more than you're comfortable, like where do you go from here? Right. It's just you just you're just gonna go down. So um, my philosophy is is don't waive the inspection. But the other thing about that, and then you brought up a really interesting point, is that oftentimes they'll do now, which is not typical, and I know this is not on our sheet of talking about here, um, is earnest money going hard. So in Chicago and um, well well, let's just talk about Chicago proper because the verbs are a little bit different um, in different markets in the verbs are different. Mm -hmm. um, but typically, earnest money doesn't go hard. What does that mean? It means non-refundable. Like become real. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like yeah. non-refundable, the sellers get it no matter what. So you can go under contract, do your inspection, and if you don't, if you decide we can't come to terms or as is doesn't, you know, yeah. is more than you can take on, then they may take a, you know, up to a certain amount of money as hard earnest money Got it. for the deal. Got it. Um, that's like non-refundable that mm -hmm. the seller would get to keep. Right. Um, and I actually had to do that recently with a buyer from California who was buying the property sight unseen. So, and that, <laughs> talk about like really having to have like, you yeah. know, stick my neck out on a deal. That's um, scary. Yeah, it was really frightening because you are as an agent having to really put yourself in a, a buyer's eyes that I've never met before. These were not friends of mine. So right. having to find a home for them in that way, it just makes it a little bit more, um, heavy in terms of the deal on both sides my my side and the seller side so the earnest money went high after uh, high hard hard sorry <laughs> the earnest money went high <laughs> definitely a california buyer <laughs> i guess now chicago too but, yeah um the earnest money went hard after the inspection so that they couldn't come to the inspection and say hey we actually don't want the property because then the sellers would lose an opportunity on like a pretty hot market so you know, that was one of the things we had to do because it was really hard to get them under contract as a sight unseen buyer right. in this spring market that we had, which is yeah, really intense. Yeah, it's crazy. But um, that kind of brings us to our last misconception, which is that um, you have to be a cash buyer or that you might have to get different financing because your ass is. Like, I mean, it's not exactly the same, but are the... Are there typically different financial terms associated with that as those sales? No. So there's, a, there is not unless the seller wants them to be, or that's what's negotiated. Okay. Us. But there's not a standard of if it says as is, you have to be a cash buyer, and that's the misconception. Yeah. A lot of times, buyers will think like, oh, it says as is, so therefore I am screwed. This is going to be like a cash yeah. deal, and I can't, I can't even you know see it because I can't pay cash. Right. This is something that. I didn't necessarily exactly think that, but I did think that this is all sort of tied together is if I think that as is means there, this is like a big mess of a property, then that will possibly mean different kinds of financing, mm -hmm. which then means I don't want to be involved. Right. So it, I do think it's sort of like a... Well, I mean, <laughs> it's just a, I think the buyers on this make up like the worst case scenario of like weeding everything they can do to weed themselves out of the deal. Right. Um, which, there's a lot of benefits to buying as is. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna kind of talk about that too. But no, you don't have to have specific financing unless like, and oftentimes the remarks online will tell you what you need to know about the property. 
It may be not clear cut, but your agent should be able to work with you. Like if you see things like drive by only, tear down. Right. Um, my, my favorite is like attention developers and flippers. Right. Because to me that means that you have a, either like a substantial price on a rehab that a, a casual buyer cannot get like financing for um, or anything like that. Um, and or it's just not gonna work in terms of like what the overall, maybe like you could get the property to be appraised for and the financing that way. So then yeah, it might be more needed towards a cash buyer. Mm -hmm. Again, defer to your agent. It's depending on the listing. These are not like one size fits all answers that like this is the standard of which we do these things. So even as I'm talking about it, I'm struggling with like how do I equate this into like a general set of, of knowledge for buyers. But the biggest thing I, I think people need to take away from this is, is that it's case by case. Right. Well, and as is, so I ended up, you know, we put in our lower offer, it got accepted. And then we did our inspection and came back asking for some credits and they were like, no way. <laughs> we took 50 grand less than we wanted for this house. We aren't going to do any of this stuff, which we were kind of like, well, fair yeah, enough. That makes sense. <laughs> That's fine. And what we were asking for, so we knew that there were a couple of issues with the property. Right. Um, it's a good time to mention it was a daycare. It was a daycare. <laughs> I bought a weird house. Sorry. If, you, uh, if you're first time listeners to this episode, um, Megan bought a single family home that is uh, was also used in the lower level as a daycare. So the basement was um, had two exits. Uh, had all these commercial updates, which I found like as a realtor really great. Like when we saw the 200 amp service, yeah. I was like, Ben, Ben, the electric, yeah. 200 no, amp service there's, is great. There's really good and really weird things about and it. And then there's also tiny toilets. Yeah, <laughs> there's tiny toilets. Not all of them are tiny, luckily. <laughs> my husband's 6'4", um, but my daughter really likes it. But yeah, it's, there's all sorts of weird stuff going yeah, on in yeah, this house. Yeah, we have to figure out like a couple of the toilets we don't necessarily need, and now maybe we need to like yeah. There's a lot kind of, of so eventual work, right? So you think about like what they had the property listed as, and the amount of work that's needed in the location, and you keep kind of subtracting from all of that. Right. Um, so we got to a bottom price for what we thought it was worth. Then there were a couple of other things that came up on the inspection. Nothing major. Nothing but, major. Yeah. Nothing that was unforeseen from right. knowing and being disclosed and then also under the inspection. But, you know, we didn't sign as is. So as an agent, I'm like, guys, we didn't sign as is. We gotta like ask for a couple of other things. Yeah. I think Ben was way more realistic. He was like, They're not gonna give a shit. Yeah. Because we no. already got a low price. And I'm like, no, we still have to hear no. We still have to <laughs> we have to know for sure that any, there's not any more money left on the table. Um but that was something that was kind of interesting to me that like, you know, you still, even though you, you haven't necessarily signed as is, we kind of got cornered and cornered ourselves into an as is deal, getting a good price for it. But it didn't matter because the price was fucking awesome. Right. So. Yeah, it was great. <clears throat> and uh, one of my friends was selling her condo and they got a lower price than they wanted. And they said, sure, we'll do that. But then we aren't going, they said, then we're going to do it as is. Mm -hmm. And... They did. It was yeah, fine. Yeah. And they have a great condo. So yeah, I think it's condos, really changed my opinion of what this means. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and I think that condos are a little bit simpler in terms of an inventory. So you have like multi-units, which are, you know, the entire property itself. Same with single family homes. Um, condos have this backbone, backbone of having the association handle, you know, a lot of the common area elements. So like your roof and the exterior and things like that. 
Um, so some of the stuff is taken off the plate in terms of the right. severity of what could you know possibly go wrong on a deal for a condo buyer, mm -hmm. which is good. So sometimes with the condo deals, you know, if you go in and they're like, well, we were going to give you as is for this, what I would tell a buyer is like, go back and do a second showing, turn on all the faucets, turn on every you know burner on the stove, turn on the stove, like sit in the property for a hot second in that second showing to make sure all the, the articles actually, you know, or articles, uh, appliances yeah. actually work in the property. Um, but there's not too much outside of that besides like water. But and that we should probably take a break, but I want to end on, I want to leave with a cliffhanger, I guess. Ooh. So. Gird your loins, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about the, like, how to get out of as is. Oh, okay. So um, this you're is not the... necessarily backed into a deal, the deal. There is an escape plan for as is. You didn't sign this in blood. Uh-huh. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. So we are back. Um, now, we left with a, like, it was kind of like a shitty cliffhanger. Oh my God. Like, we're going to talk about, well, you'll see. <laughs> They're all, they've all just been like hanging on the edge of their seats. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay. So um, we kind of were talking a little bit about condo buying and how there, you know, if you, if you did as is in a condo, there's, you know, usually easier way out on that. Um, the big thing with condos that I feel like is like kind of the deal breaker for most buyers is if there's water issues. So if you've got a water leak coming in from, if you're in the top floor and it's coming in from the roof or you're in between floors, it's just kind of a mess sometimes with sorting it out through the, the association. But Kayla, when you guys were living at Sheffield, uh, there was huge, there was like two water issues there. One was coming from the exterior, one was coming from like the leak above the, the kitchen ceiling. So we had to work through two separate issues, which was very much something we were able to do and we worked through on that deal. Um, but oftentimes for buyers, it is uh, seen as a headache. Mm -hmm. You know, just one more hurdle in the deal that they have to get through, um, especially if maybe the listing agent isn't as helpful. Some, like most of the time it's, Maybe this just comes from whatever side of the deal I'm on. <laughs> I feel like it's the agent who's like willing to roll up their sleeves and like kind of get it done. And then if, if you aren't Serena, you're the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it totally sounded like that. And I'm like, I, I don't want this podcast to be pitchy, but I swear to God, if you're not me, <laughs> you're not me. You're doing it wrong. That's the new name of our podcast. <laughs> Basically, that's, that's exactly how it came out. <laughs> um, well, but I was trying to say is that, like, you just need to make sure both agents have and are willing to roll up their sleeves and get it done. And I've had deals where it's, like, really great. Both sides are really working to, like, make some solutions, work with the association, sometimes fix the issues before yeah. uh, it closes. And even if you're as is, problems like that are going to be the next buyer's headache. So oftentimes sellers would try to solve the issues at hand before canceling the deal or sometimes offering a credit. And sometimes it's not even issues they have to pay for out of pocket. Um, it might be something the building takes on altogether. So again, not a one size fits all, but like you just kind of have to like kind of assess this as the, the, the issue as it is on your deal. And in mm -hmm. a situation like that, the 
seller would have to pay an assessment if there is a special assessment or something like that related yeah to like a so if it's like a roof or something right. like that and they maybe only have like a thousand dollars in reserve and the roof issues like five thousand dollars it's like well if insurance isn't covering it then you'd have to pay for it and so there's i mean there's a lot of hypotheticals right. to how that could go but yeah i mean that's the the fear on the seller's end especially if they're living in a vacant property and maybe they already have another mortgage and they need to get out like you know, it can add a layer of this of like, okay, well, we said as is, now there's this issue. We're willing to stick by the deal if you can work this issue. Yeah. And some, honestly, most of the time on stuff like that, and the hypotheticals we're talking about here, they are. They're willing to kind of work through these issues. And sometimes they're not. Right, well, so we've seen a lot of people who aren't interested in any work. Right. Right now. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. From so, the, uh, the buy side, especially, like, buyers, when they, you know, people who are full-time professionals, they don't want to be full-time contract managers. And, or even, like, paint something. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, But also, that's the advice that people are getting right now, too, <gasps> is don't do a fixer-upper right now because of costs and how hard it is to book labor and whatever. So, it makes sense. Yeah. I have to tell you something. Okay, this is new to you and the podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> so I'm working with a buyer right now who's awesome. She's a friend of mine. Um, and we were talking a little bit about updating because I'm not afraid of it. And I, you know, preach this on Instagram, YouTube, <laughs> Kayla, anybody who's listening, I'm always like, do some work, add some value, yeah, force that appreciation. Um, and we were talking a little bit about, like, painting and some light projects, and she just seemed very concerned with the amount of work she is a working professional, super busy, right. um, kind of crazy schedule, all of those things. And I was like, well, why, just out of curiosity, why are you kind of more intimidated about this work since your job is like so much more <laughs> fierce than like doing a paint job here? Right. Um, and for her, it was that she could not visualize what the color or the tone would be from even painting. That like a scope of like doing a kitchen or a bathroom oh. for her visually was really hard to assess. That's interesting. For me, that was like an aha moment because as somebody who's dyslexic, has a 3D mind and is able to kind of visualize constantly and see things of like, well, I mean, you guys know I come in and I'm like, how does the curtain look for the podcast and like kind of moving everything. Right. I am so detail oriented when it comes to the visual aspect of things. And I can see how for other people who are not so visually inclined that it might be hard of like, okay, you've got four different shades of the same type of blue. Yeah. I think I struggle with that. that. And you know, all I do is paint yeah, all the time. That is, I think something for people who are also visually inclined and it's very difficult as well is like, you know, sometimes the shading on things. Right. But I thought that that was really, for me, helpful and like soulful feedback to hear, especially yeah. when we're talking about adding work and needing work mm -hmm. into properties, um, that sometimes it is harder for buyers to visualize that outcome. Yeah, and it's hard right now to think, how long will it take for this to get? Mm -hmm. Like, is this Cost. a livable place right, right now? Really, not not like technically is it habitable. It's like, could you live here? Right. Could you live through a kitchen radio? Could you? I'm truly not sure I could. I don't know. If I, I think I could ruin my whole family just in flames. Yeah. Just well, like just <laughs> trying to cook them. dinner, like when you don't really have. Right. A just paint in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, we had to yeah. order takeout every night, which honestly, that's great. Yeah. But, but I think how this equates that feedback equates to this episode of As Is for me, is that when you go into a space and you see 
that you're assessing the wall, mm -hmm. you're assessing the condition, maybe some things come up on the inspection that are light and maybe something you can work through if the seller does it. But if the seller is unwilling, the buyer maybe cannot, just right. cannot take on that that mentality of the work or whatever the project yeah. is. Um, and that to me was like the big aha, of like, okay, well, why is it some buyers are easier to work through these types of issues with than others? You know, again, I keep saying this is not a one size fits all, and it's not, but I think that that helped give me some perspective of why as is sometimes, even at the jump, is the deal breaker. Right, or and seeing it. Yeah, or even, and in deals, people probably sometimes it feels arbitrarily cancel a deal after an inspection, I would guess. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And this is probably why. Oh, it's like, you're so brilliant. I don't yeah. want to have to hire an, you know, an exterminator or a whatever. Right. Like, I just don't want to deal with that right. and I'll find something else. And that feels really dramatic when you say it, but maybe it's not. Right. I mean, and if you really put, for me, it was, oh, I put myself in her shoes, saw how maybe it would be very difficult to unravel any type of issue. And I was like, oh, okay, that actually makes a lot of sense of like why buyers would pull out right. after inspection, even if it's not as is, mm -hmm. because they just don't know how to wrap their head around yeah. certain issues. And it's like, lighter thing. you know every single type of person. If somebody says, I want to get my floors done, you say, here, call these three people. But I didn't know that. I only know you. So I ask you, but everyone's not going to do that. Yeah. But you should ask your agent. They yeah. probably do know those people. Yeah, and actually my favorite clients are the ones that are like, hey, uh, I'm thinking about updating my dishwasher. What do you think of the Bosch versus the GE? And like, I think that's really great because one, I know that when it comes to time to like sell the property that you're putting in good quality and that this is a partnership, but also, and this is just a side note to this, realtors make a lot of money and I feel like our job is not done until you're out of the property you've bought. So for my buyers, I feel like, you know, I'm in it until, you know, death do us part on this one. Like, really, like, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it's like, I want to, it's, look, I'm not trying to be a martyr, but like, I want your listing, right. you know, and I want to make sure that you are taking care of the property in the best possible way and you're not doing dumb things that are gonna affect value. Like I had a client who was thinking about getting rid of a second bathroom altogether. To only two bathrooms to get rid of? They had, they, had, they had a two bathroom place and they were- That sounds snobby. I didn't mean it like that, but- No, no, maybe no, I, did. I, I didn't take it like that. Um, <laughs> they were trying to get rid of a second bathroom to make it a laundry room. So they wanted more of a like, like a um, walk-in laundry space. Yeah. And I was like, that would be cool, but how that's gonna affect value is that like it's just gonna be seen as washer and dryer and unit and you've now gotten rid of and completely yeah. destroyed the value on a two bath. Yeah. Which tenants love and all like there's so many benefits to this. So. Right. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I fell off the rails on this one. No, okay. I think that this is all relevant. It, it, it does come it really back matters. In a weird way to everything we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it matters because if you're buying something as is, it by definition means there's some work to do. Yeah, and there there and maybe just a rock bottom price. And oftentimes that's what happens um, when I'm doing listings and I talk to sellers about these things, I say, hey, you know, what's the bottom line on this? So that we can kind of work up with the negotiation of like, where do we need to be to start the listing process and then to negotiate. Um, but sometimes when they say, oh, my bottom line is maybe 500,000 and you're like, oh, well, in this condition, the property is maybe worth 450, then there has to be like an adjustment. Um, so talk to your realtor and your angels on that one. <laughs>
Um, so, okay, we talked a little bit about on our cliffhanger here that you are technically, if you do an as-is deal, you're not backed in a, to a corner sending in blood. Yeah. Not sending in blood. Not sending in blood. Um, there are ways to get out of this in the contract, too. And if um, again, we'll put this on um, the as-is, uh, this is the as-is addendum, Writer 19 from the Chicago Association of Realtors on um, our podcast information <clears throat> and the website, just so you can see like a blank copy of it if, if you're interested. Uh, but the language that's on here does say in section three that, want me to read it? that the um, buyer shall entitle to terminate the contract. Basically, yeah. that's all I wanted you to read. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. You're doing great. Um, I was like, <laughs> no, I'm just going to like uh, <laughs> Let's just, steamroll you. <laughs> let's do a dramatic reading of this addendum. <laughs> the buyer shall be entitled to terminate the contract prior to the expo expiration oh. of the inspection period. Yeah. No, but that's like beautiful. It is beautiful to hear that. If you're doing an as-is property, are you kidding? I'm like, to be or not to be. <laughs> um, but that just to me means that, like, yeah, you can. If you don't have your earnest money going hard, if you are still able to do your inspection, like if you haven't given away all these other terms, go ahead and agree to as-is, assuming that your realtor has outlined all of the issues with the property. If they haven't outlined all the concerns, red flags, risks, all of that, go to a second showing before you do a, agree to as is. Because to me, you really need to make sure that you have the dollars um, figured out before you just you know agree to a price that you can't get back from. Um, I like this one. Yeah, this is great. Thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, I feel really good. Um, again, Time I'm say this, not one size fits all. There's gray areas. Talk to your lawyer, talk to your realtor about your specific deal in your market, specifically Topeka, Kansas. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. Bye.